Hey, are you having a good day? I know I am. Because why? Well, let me tell you. Because home is where you are. And I am right here. I am home. <laughs> and why am I saying that? Well, it's because I just returned from a two-week trip through Europe. Had a great time. But you know what? Like I said, there's no place like home. And this is where I belong, right here. On today's podcast, I have a conversation with Shamika Baptist. Shamika is a author of a book called The Strength Within. Now, this book is a story about her and growing up in the foster care system. Now, of course, growing up through the foster care system, we hear a lot of nightmare stories and things like that. But this is not about that. This is about how she overcame her obstacles. We talk about positive affirmations and a positive mindset and many other things. Now, this book and our conversation today is going to help out a lot of people who are having difficulties. Before we get into the conversation, there are two things that I want to bring up. First is the month of November is Homeless and Hunger Awareness Month. Well, to be more specific, it's really the second week of the month of November. The second thing is, please, if you have pets, remember to have them spayed or neutered. All right, so if you're ready, let's get into the conversation with Shamika. So what ended up happening for me is um, my mother went to prison when I was about 18 months, two years old. And she lost custody of myself and my younger brother. So I was in foster care from roughly 18 months until about seven or eight years old. I had gotten adopted. And um, that was an abusive situation. Um, I stayed with them for about six years, and then I went back into foster care until I aged out. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of saw the dynamics um, from both perspectives of a foster home, a group home as well, because I moved around a lot. And then um, being adopted, and then going back into the system. And so... There's a lot of, um, there are a lot of like mixed emotions with the way I grew up and it's not necessarily um, focusing on the foster care system or being a foster child. It's more so to share my story of resilience, um, how I overcame the trials and tribulations of um, neglect and abandonment and abuse and you know, when you go through those things and then you come to a point in time where you age out, now you have to face the reality of the world. Yeah. And so with me sharing my story, it's not necessarily focusing. Well, it, it is to reach out to the youth in the foster care system to let them know they're not alone. But it's also to help inspire them so they understand that even though you're going through these things, and these trials and tribulations, you will see better days. It, it, all of this is really in your book, uh, The Strength Within, right? It is. Mm -hmm. So let's get it right out there. Where can people go and find your book, The Strength Within? So The Strength Within, um, you can find on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble. Um, if you visit my website, thestrengthwithin.com, um, I have those links on my website as well, but you can find them on Amazon. Um, I also have a, if I may, <laughs> um, I have uh, self-published three others as well. Um, basically with my writing, 
Um, you have to read the first one to understand the second, the third, and the fourth. So I've actually written and self-published four. Um, my last two books that I've written um, are poetry-based. And so in order to understand the poetry that I wrote, you have to read The Strength Within and The Love Within to understand where the poetry is coming from. And okay. um, the other three books that I have, so The Strength Within is the first one that speaks about my journey um, in foster care and aging out. Um, then I have The Love Within. That's my second one. And that speaks about... Um, kind of the different relationships that I was in. Um, instead of looking for love within myself, I was looking for it in different relationships. And then I had this epiphany and I realized that the love I was looking for, it was within myself the whole time. And then you have my third book, which is The Diary of an Illusion. The Diary of an Illusion is poetry based. Again, the poetry um, goes hand in hand with the first two books. And then you have the di um, solidification of the fourth quarter. So solidification of the fourth quarter is my final book. And again, you have to read the previous to understand the poetry in the final one. So they kind of go hand in hand. They are not a series. I did not plan to write four. I never, even though I wanted to write one, I never thought that I would, you know, come to this magnitude. Um, but you can find all of them on Amazon. Okay. All four can be found on Amazon or yes. by going to your website, uh, thestrengthwithin.com, right? Yes, exactly. Right. I know that was long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, that kind of gives me an insight into, you know, a little bit about you and some questions that I really want to ask. And I'm going to jump around a little bit. I had, I had things in order, but just by you telling us the name of the book, uh, books plural, and mm -hmm. you know poetry and things like that, I just want to come right out and ask: Did writing help you afterwards? I mean, one of the questions I was actually going to ask is, you know, does your past define who you are today or in your future? And did this writing help you move past the past, if that makes sense? It did. So it's funny that you, you said one of my, my famous sayings. I always tell people that your past does not define your present or your future. My writing did help me um, not only heal, but I think that um, the greatest part of that healing moment is when not only I was able to share, but to see the connections that I had with a lot of people. Um, I've connected with people that weren't just in the foster care system. I've just, I've connected with random people in life that needed some type of inspiration. When I speak about your past does not define your present or your future, right? Um, with the people that adopted me, I was told a lot of negative connotations that I would be. You know, you'll end up in prison, you'll end up in jail, you'll end up homeless, you're never gonna be ish, you know, all type, whatever, you know? And so, even though I was told those things at a young age, right? It's a part of my past and I did not become anything of what they said I was gonna be. And so when you hear negativity like that, right, it only affects you and it only becomes your reality if you believe it to be true. 
Yeah. But if you don't believe it's true and you know that you are worthy and you are someone amazing and resilient, and when you understand that the pain is not meant to break you, it's meant to give you strength, right? And that's where when we shift our mentality and and as I also say is for every negative, there's a positive. Although I went through the trials and tribulations and I went through the abandonment and the sadness and the anger and the hurt, for me now as an adult, I am able to adapt and adjust and maneuver in the world in a different manner, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I could have allowed that negativity to handicap me and I could have became a product of the system because most foster children, what happens, we end up a product of the system. We end up incarcerated because that's what society says we're going to be. That's what society implants in our brain at a young age that we will never become anything. And so when you understand that those trials and tribulations are meant to give you resilience and strength for you to conquer the world at an, at an older age, that's where the healing comes in. Um, that's where the self-love comes in because you realize that you're not a victim, you're a valor, right? You right. overcame it. Well, how did you find the strength within, and no pun intended on that, but really mm -hmm. how did you find that strength within at such a... Um, a young age, was it, was, you used the word epiphany, was it that real moment that really hit you or was it something or someone that said that one word, like, you are worth something, you are someone? I think for me, it was falling. It was um, 18, I aged out, I was homeless, I was hungry. Um, when you get to a certain point in time, and, and this goes for any aspect in life, right? This is now me um, trying to relate to just a regular, just someone who did not grow up in the system, right? And I have a question for you, and this is going to answer your question. Have you ever gotten to a point to where you have gotten sick and tired? I mean sick and tired to where you have had enough. Enough is enough. You want to change, you are tired. And in that moment, you walked away and you never looked back and you made a conscious decision to make a change. I found the strength within because I came to a point in my life where I got sick and tired. I was sick and tired of being homeless. I was sick and tired of being hungry. I was just sick and tired of struggle. And because I wanted more in life, Right. When you see the world around you and you see that people have beauty and people have happiness, you think to yourself, it's obtainable, but I have to create it. Right. I can no longer blame my present circumstances on the way I grew up. I had to take self accountability. And so with finding the strength within, I got sick and tired. And that is what it is for all aspects of life, whether it's a relationship, it is a friendship or, you know, a job that you're at and you're just not fulfilled. And so that's how you find that strength. When you are ready for a change and you are ready for greatness and you just are tired, you will make that conscious decision to find that strength to have the end result be positivity. Yeah. You know, a couple of things in there that you said that really hit home and people should really understand it and live by it. Accountability. 
Who's accountable? You yourself are accountable. And also the mindset, changing that mind. And, you know, every individual has their own rock bottom. So just because Shamika said, because I was on the streets or whatever it might be, and I was hungry, somebody else, that might be not, it may not be their rock bottom. It might be something else. So I'm glad you said those things, uh, especially, like I said, about accountability. How did you hold yourself accountable, though? I mean, you came to the realization of all this, but did somebody help you? Did you talk to somebody and say, this is, I'm sick and tired of it. This is what I'm going to do. And then did they, in turn, hold you accountable for it? Or was it all that inner strength from yourself? I think that someone asked me this before, and I kind of have like a mixed answer, right? Um, piggybacking off what I had stated earlier is you look at the world around you, right? You have examples of what life is to be. Now, I have to admit, like, I'm not just this miracle person who just, you know, like, oh, she didn't have anybody. No, I had great friends in my life, um, that guided me with knowledge and opportunities. And so, yes, 18, I was homeless, but I also had friends who opened up their home to me for me to have a couch to sleep on, right? I say homeless because I didn't always have that couch to sleep on, right? And so eventually I did have to come to a point to where I had to figure it out. Now, along the way, I had guidance from friends, I had guidance from some of my friends' parents telling me the different resources that I could use to help me get on my feet. I did have, um, I can't say that it was all like, oh, she just had no one. I did have a lot of people in my life that truly cared for me and still do, that are very proud of me. Um, But again, that's where the self-accountability comes in. Although they gave me the resources, it was essentially up to me to get sick right. and tired and to want to utilize that knowledge that I was given, right? Yes. And so a lot of times you hear people say, if you knew better, you do better. But I truly believe you could come from straight ignorance, but if you want better, you will do better and you will have better. And the reason why you will have better is because you want to do better. You want better out of life. And so I can't take the credit for who I am today fully. Like, did I have to do the work? Yes. But I had some amazing friends in my life, um, some amazing people in my life, um, whether I knew them or they were strangers that, you know, gave me tools and resources along the way to help guide me. But essentially, I did have to do the work to find that strength. Yeah. Would you agree then when, you know, you often hear people say, I have no one, there was no one there for me. Would you agree to some point that that's not true? Because everyone or nearly everyone has someone that will at least say, I care, or you can do it. Um, Would you agree with that? Or, Or is it that when somebody says, I have no one, that's an absolute? Um, I don't agree when people say that because everyone has someone even if it's a random stranger 
Um, we are all connected in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And even though you might not realize and understand the connection that we have right now, we are still connected. And so everyone has someone. So that goes back to what I was saying of the world is an example of life. And it's up to you to determine which pieces of life you want to take from each individual that you see around you. And so we all have someone, whether it is in a physical form, whether it is in a psychological form, right? Because as long as you have sight, you can see what's going on around you. Um, as long as you can hear, right? You can still take in the knowledge and hear what people are telling you. I think it comes to a point in time to where ultimately, if you're saying you have no one, that is where you are acknowledging of being the victim and not the valor because we all have someone. Just look at the world around us. And so I don't know, I don't, I don't, I personally don't like when people say that. Um, I, you know, I, everyone I, I, is entitled to their perception, but I think that's a negative way to view the world because you have millions of us in the world. You have millions of examples that you mm -hmm. can learn from. So we're never alone. No one, none of us are ever alone. Yeah. Well, it's one of those situations, I think, where, you know, if, if one says I am, nobody cares, nobody's there for me, I'm all by myself. We all have choices. It's the choice that you made. And that's what you're telling yourself. You're not opening yourself up. Like you said, it could be that one day that one random stranger that offers a hand and that hand could just be a smile or a thank you or can I help you. But those who say I have no one tend to shut people out. This is just again my perception. But like you said, you have your eyes, you have your ears, you have you could take in the sounds, you could listen to people, soak up the knowledge, you could see around you, you can find the things that give you inspiration and you can hold yourself accountable and and we can all do it. And again, we can all aspire to be better too. Right. And I, I just kind of want to say those things because although we're talking about you and your book and the foster care system, this can go for any child or any person of any age, which means that your book is going to be very helpful for everyone. Um, and that's really what I'm trying to do um, is inspire as many people that I can. Initially, when I had wrote The Strength Within, I wanted to inspire the youth in the foster care system. Um, I did not realize the magnitude of my journey in life, of how inspiring it could be, because even though you didn't grow up in the foster care system, sometimes we have to have that self-reflection of it could be worse, right? And so when we realize that it could be worse, and you sit back and you hear someone's story and their journey in life of what they've gone through, I hope that inspires other people to realize, listen, we all have trials and traumas and tribulations as, as you know, children, right? But then you come to a point in time in your life to where you have to decide what is it that you want in life? Where is it that you want to go? And so that's where 
the strength within comes from because you're no longer looking at yourself for or at the shortcomings in life. And I don't care if you grew up in a two-parent household, if you grew up with your grandparents, a single mom, a single dad household, it doesn't matter. That self-accountability, you come, we all come to that point in time in our life. And so when you shift your mindset and allow it to give you strength to maneuver in the world, I think that's where the resilience comes from. It doesn't... With me writing, I didn't realize um, how universal my message was until I began speaking. I'm just going to throw this out there, and this is a compliment by saying that you are uh, very well-spoken and articulate, meaning to me that you believe 100% in the message that you are you know, sending out through, through your words, verbally, and, you know, the messages, messages, plural in your book, books, plural again. Uh, so I know this is, this might be a difficult one because advice is sometimes hard to give or not taken easily by people. But what advice would you give uh, people today, whether they're in foster care, foster system, or just uh, at at that low point in their life, is there some sort of advice that you give to to people who are struggling with their inner self right now? You better keep pushing. You better keep pushing, and don't you dare give up, because you are going to come to a point in time in your life to where this moment of trials and tribulations it's going to become a part of your past. And you cannot allow this moment to handicap you because when this moment becomes a part of your past, that's when that decision comes in. You can either allow your past to handicap you or you can allow it to give you strength because there is going to come a day where you're going to be able to sit back and look on this moment and say, oh my gosh, I went through that. And once you get to that moment, you are no longer a victim. You are a valor and you made it. That's where the resilience comes in. Don't give up. I have, I have been in some low points in my life. I have been depressed. I have been suicidal. I have been down. But one thing that I never gave up was my faith. And you have to keep your faith and you have to understand that one moment, this is going to be a part of your past and you're going to look back on it and you're going to say, wow, look where I came from and look where I am now. Having faith for you, was that having faith in God or was that having faith in just the higher power? For me, my faith is in God. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that no one could have gotten me through anything that I've been through but God. And um, I think that when it comes to faith in God, either you have it or you don't, right? And so everyone um, has their you know, beliefs of whoever they believe in or whatnot, but my, my faith is in God. And I feel like um, for my personal journey, when I started to shy away from God, 
that's when my life went into disarray, right? I was all over the place. Um, it was just bad. I mean, and a part of me losing my faith, when I aged out, I was homeless, and that was one of the lessons. When I shifted and brought myself and realigned myself back with God, my life became more aligned. I started seeing more positivity. Um, I think that whoever you believe in or whatever you believe in, believe in it and understand that um, in the physical form, we can't always do it by ourselves, right? And so for me, God has always had me. Um, and, and the lessons I had to learn the hard way is when I shied away from him. But when I came back and realigned myself, you know, life turned around for me. So that's well put because um, there are people who have faith in God and faith in uh, another higher power or whatever it is. But find your faith. And, you know, this might sound strange by saying find your faith, stay grounded, stay focused and stay in the center moving forward. Yes. And like you said, don't quit. Don't give up. There's mm -hmm. always going to be obstacles. And I, I personally also feel that even though that direction forward may give you obstacles, and then you might say, hey, if I sidestep over here, it's a lot easier and faster. Sometimes that's not the right move to take that easy route. It's being focused and moving forward in that direction and staying centered. So I, I... I I'm a believer in what you are saying because this is really motivating for, for me, and I'm sure it's got to be motivating for everyone out there that's listening or, or watching. Uh, you know, we kind of glossed over some of the issues that you had personally growing up as, as a youngster in foster care system. Do you mind um, telling us some of the some of the negative things that you had to overcome as a young person, not after uh, aging out? Um, I think for and, oh, me... And I'm going to... The reason I ask this is because mm -hmm. if there are people out there listening uh, who are thinking about being foster parents, I want you to know what Shamika is saying and understand that you, you can harm a child you could push them one direction or the other. So that's why I, I asked this question. Um, I think for me, my foster parents, every foster family that I had, and I had a lot of them, <laughs> um, my foster parents, they were all amazing. Um, I can't say where my foster parents, none of them ever mistreated me. Um, they were all amazing to me. Um, if I must be honest, and I speak about this in The Strength Within, it was the adoptive story that, of my journey. Um, and so I think for me, um, the negative feelings of 
the abandonment and neglect and abuse came from my adoptive journey. Um, it did not come from my foster parents that I had. And all of my foster parents were amazing from early on, like I stated, you know, 18 months, two years and in my early years. And then even after I was removed from the adoptive family. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, my physical journey in the foster care system was dope. I had amazing people who loved me and treated me as, as if I were excuse me, their own. Um, one thing that I can say is, if you are fostering or thinking of fostering or you are um, an adoptive parent or you're thinking about adopting, do it for the right reasons. Um, don't do it for money. Don't do it um, for the attention. Don't do it for the wrong reasons. Whatever the negative or wrong reason could be that you're thinking of, that just is not right, right? Okay. You have some people that adopt and that foster simply for a check or because what it looks like to be a foster parent or what it looks like to adopt a child. Um, not realizing um, the compassion and the magnitude of compassion and love that you need to have for that child, especially if you're not adopting or fostering that child at a young age. And so um, my, my journey was a little different, a little bit unconventional because I went from foster care to adoption back into foster care. Um, but honestly... I would not change a single thing about my life. I had to experience all of that to be who I am today. Um, a lot of times when I was growing up, like people would say, oh my gosh, you grew up in foster care. I'm, I'm so sorry, you know? And then I got to an age and I'm like, don't be sorry. Like, I'm not sorry. I, you know, I know how to survive in the world. You know, I know what it's truly like to have compassion and, and pure love and not expect anything in return because when you don't have that, right, it's pure. And so mm -hmm. as a foster parent or as someone that adopts, do it for the right reasons, have the compassion and have the love, you know, and, and understand that you have this young human being who comes from brokenness and may not know how to self-identify and may just, the world might be a blur to them. But if you're going to go into a space to where you're opening your home to foster or adopt, I think the biggest thing that I can ask as a favor although we don't know each other, but as a favor, and this is to whoever is listening, please do it for the right reasons. If we can prevent any child from going through what I went through, even if it's just one, that's one less that we have to worry about trying to build an uplift once they become an adult and they age out. And so I think that was my biggest thing. I feel like my adoptive story, they didn't do it for the right reasons. Um, well, actually, I know they didn't. <laughs> They were actually getting checks, so, you know, um, I try not to speak bad about them because my um, the strength within was not a tell-all. It was not meant to be a tell-all. It was not meant to throw anyone under the bus or make anyone look bad. However, if it, if, if it looks bad, and if you feel like what I've said about you is bad, then maybe you just did not treat me the way you should have, you know? Right. But I think that um, compassion just... 
that's the biggest thing I can ask out of anyone um, is just do it for the right reasons. Yeah, you know, okay, so not to diminish or anything like that, but I, I'm going to liken this to pets, okay? And the reason I do that, because we have nowadays a lot of people, we had the pandemic where people, oh, I, I'm going to go rush out and I'm going to adopt a dog. <laughs> and then so and then they did it for the wrong reason a lot of times hey i'm feeling lonely i'm at home i adopt and then when it comes time to hey back to norm they have no compassion no love and i say this because a lot of people nowadays really love their pets and the pets are family so if you can't understand what shamika is saying and can't correlate with human to human Think about what you think about about pets and how you get angry when somebody adopts a pet and then all of a sudden has no time for it and throws it back in the shelter. Yes. That is what this is. This is what Shamika is saying. Don't do. Do it for the right reasons if you're going to foster or adopt. I, I hope you don't mind me um, using the, the, the pet scenarios Um as far as uh, humans and adoption and fostering? No, you want to know what? I think that's amazing because <laughs> for anyone who might have been taking it personal, what I just said, you broke it down in like, um, <laughs> forgive me, but I'm going to say you broke it down in Barney terms, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you simplified it for and I think like sometimes if we hear it from a different perspective, so I appreciate you for, for saying it like that because yes, it, it honestly, there is no difference. So that was a perfect analogy because the only difference is that one is an animal, the other is a human, but essentially we are still acting upon the same, um, the same gesture or the same action. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, Shamika has four books. Uh, one of them that's really going to jump into her story uh, about what she went through is called The Strength Within. And the other books are poetry-based, but uh, like Shamika, like you're saying, you did not mean for it to be uh, read in sequential order, but it is the best thing to do to understand what is happening. So you can, it's like skipping a chapter. You don't want to skip a book. So you can find this easily on her website, thestrengthwithin.com or Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble. So, uh, is there really, well, I shouldn't say, is there really, is there anything else that you could, um, put out there for the listeners as far as, you know, the be kind, be understanding, or anything along that lines to help children in uh, who are struggling or in the foster system? Um, I think the biggest thing is to always remember, we are never alone. You are never alone. I don't care what it is that you are going through in life. There is somebody out here who can connect, who can relate, and who is here with you somewhere, maybe not the same exact journey, but they've walked that same path, right? And so when we understand in this big old world that we are never alone, that's where I think the comfort comes in. And um, if, if 
if you don't hear anything else that I'm saying today, um, I want your audience and you as a listener to take from this moment that and always remember you are never alone. And there have been people who have gone through this before you. There are people who are going through it right now with you. And there are people that are going to follow that are going to go through the same thing, right? But I think the best way to be the best version of yourself is to find that strength and understand that, that you're not alone. And you will see better days. Um, a lot of times people think we are alone, but we're not. None of us are ever exempt. We are never alone. We might not physically know each other, right? You might be on one side of the world and I'm on the other, but you are never alone. I think that the biggest piece that we need to remember as well is um, be unapologetically who you are. I want you to love yourself for you, flaws, traumas, and all right? Because everything that you are going through, all of the trauma, all of the neglect, all of the sadness, those negative feelings and emotions, that is what is going to give you your strength to be the amazing, resilient individual that you're going to be in this world, right? And when you shift your mindset and understand that the negativity is actually meant to give you strength, it's not meant to handicap you, right? It's meant to give you strength. When you shift that mindset and you understand that although this is a trial and tribulation right now and you conquer that, right, understand that it's meant to give you strength and be the character that you are today, right? It's meant to give you character. It's meant to build you. It's meant to give you that resilience. It's meant to make you a testimony for your journey. And so be unapologetically you. Embrace yourself. Love yourself. Understand that although you went through that negativity, although you went through the trauma, although you went through the heartache, although you went through the depression, guess what? God gave you another day. And when he gives you another day to wake up and see it, he's giving you another chance to be the best version of you. And so shift your mindset. Be thankful love you, and don't look at yourself as a victim because one day you will be a valor, right? And you will look back on this moment like, oh my gosh, I made it through. And that's where that self-love needs to come from. So I just hope that, you know, with the times that we're in, um, everyone just really takes that time to, to love on themselves and understanding that, the, the shortcomings in life, they weren't meant to break you. They were meant to mm -hmm. give you that strength, but it's up to you to figure that out. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, as you said, it's a journey. And the journey means it. the journey doesn't end today nor tomorrow. You're on that journey every day. And like I said, God gives you another day. If you made a mistake today, you have another day. If you did something right today, you have another day to do it again. So don't think that because you didn't get what you want or you didn't receive the love that you wanted today, love yourself and there's always another day. And again, it's it never ends. It's, it's never ending. It uh, isn't. 
And I think that, you know, when we focus on that part of just self-love, um, I also say, you know, we have to embrace people for who they are and accept moments for what they are. I think when we do that, we come to a place of peace and serenity, right? Because we're all different. We all come from different walks of life. And so when you embrace people for who they are, you're accepting not only of you, but of them, right? And vice versa. Um, you have a different type of um, discernment and acknowledgement and appreciation. You're not judging. Um, now, although we have two forms of judgment in this world, right? There's only two forms of judgment. Those who judge off of character and those who judge off of perception, when you judge off her perception, you are not getting to know someone. You are just judging them just because of what they look like. You never spoke a word to them, whatever. Then you have those who judge off of character. And when you judge off a of character, you are getting to know that person and making a judgment based off of the interaction you have with them, right? Now, judging off her perception is not good, of course. However, when you embrace people for who they are, whether you judge them off of character or perception, that's where you are learning to embrace life because accepting difference is what we need to do, right? Accepting different walks of life is what we need to do. That is where lessons in life come from. So earlier when you asked me, you know, who taught me or how did I learn the world, right? The world is how you learn. And so embracing people for who they are, I think is the best way to accept and love yourself for who you are because you understand that, you know, there's different people in the world. You understand that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be unique, but you always want to be truly and genuinely who you are. I'm going to use my my breakdown like I did with the dogs on this, this one. <laughs> so although I know everybody understands what she was saying, it's, I liken this as to a romance novel. Why a romance novel? Because you know, you, you see that front cover and you see this beautiful maiden in distress or whatever it might be, or the fair maiden who's riding on the white horse and you have, Sir John or somebody out there, you see that and you're like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. But you haven't read the page. You haven't read the story in between. You have no idea. Somebody could have just crudely drawn a, a cover and you open up that book and you read it and it can floor you. Those words, the character, like you said, is what and how you get to know the person. The perception is, is that cover. You know, we've drawn a pretty picture or that person's drawn a pretty picture and that's the perception that they want you to have of them, but they could be a different character. So there's my breakdown. And that was perfect. So that actually goes hand in hand with my third book, The Diary of an Illusion. See, with The Diary of an Illusion, I did something a little different. I didn't put my photo on that book. I did with the first two, but I didn't with the third and the fourth. And so the, um, the Diary of an Illusion, the artwork on it, it is that, um, that um, 
perception of what we're saying. So when you see the cover, you're like the diary of an illusion. But when you sit and you read my book, you'll understand why the title is what it is, right? When you read the poetry in it, it, it is, you'll see that the title speaks for itself. So I loved your analogies. I love those. <laughs> <laughs> I break it down to the simple stuff. Right. Uh, Simply breaking it down. So that way there's no confusion either. <laughs> You know, I need to change the podcast name and just call it The Breakdown. <laughs> you know what, though, the this... way we are, like, some, some people, right, really might just need that, though. Honestly, I think it would be a great, I think it would be a, it's a great concept because some people do need it broken down in a different way. <laughs> yeah, well... That, that may happen. Uh, Shamika, <laughs> this has been great, but I want to ask you a couple of personal things because you have that infectious personality. Uh, you seem like an absolute wonderful person. What was the last movie you saw? Oh, gosh. You know, movies tell a character about a person. <laughs> I know. I don't watch TV like that. Hold on a second. My son and I go to the movies, though. Hold on, let me think. Oh, gosh. Isn't that hard? It is. I mean, because I, I, I honestly don't watch TV like that. Let me think. Um, and I know a movie is not TV, but yes, it is. I don't. Oh, my gosh. I know it's hard because I saw a movie last night. And I can't remember the name of the title. <laughs> You want to know what? So is it us or is it the movie? Because if we don't remember, that means the movie might not have been that good. <laughs> oh, now that you said that, I just remembered what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't wow. remember. You know what? That's sad. Oh, gosh, that's sad. Um. All right. I'm going to change that and say. We have to that one. I'm so sorry. That's, and that's terrible, but I honestly don't watch TV and movies like that. But if I can't remember, then it must not have been that great. <laughs> uh, this, if I say this, you'll probably go, oh, yeah, I know this. What was your favorite song? My favorite song? Like right now in this moment? Because, okay, yeah. that, that, that question, real quick, I have to give a little disclosure. So music like feeds my soul. It's like therapy to me. Um, so right now, I think one of my go-to songs is, um, called Dreams, and it is by, um, Brian T. He is a gospel artist, and okay. some people might know him as, like, Brian Trejo, um, others might know him as Brian T., but it, like, every time I just hear the beat drop, like... It just motivates me. Um, you know, self-reflection. I don't know. Um, I have a couple different songs right now, but yeah, I think that's my go-to in this moment. Now, th that might change. <laughs> a month it's or a so moving target, now. isn't it? It's huh? a moving target. It's a moving target when somebody says, what's your favorite song? It's like, you, I don't have a favorite, but I have one that I really like right now. Right now. <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely is a moving target, and I'm sure it will move. Um, but yes, in this moment, that that that's my go-to, and and I um, encourage anyone to actually um, check him out. Um, there is another artist, if I may. I know I'm not mm -hmm. like I'm not trying to promote, but there's another artist. Um, 
a gospel artist. His name is ASAP Preach. He is another one. So I have ASAP Preach's radio on repeat on my YouTube music. <laughs> so that's my jam um, for my station right now. But well, Let's you know, I happens. asked that. I asked that of some guests because it opens my eyes to new programs to watch or listen to. So Brian T. I'm jumping on that wagon and I'm going to uh, listen to some uh, Brian T. Definitely. He, between Brian T and um, ASAP Preach, their music has me reeled in. Um, I'd have to say Brian T is that that's on Dreams. That's that's pretty much on repeat. It's, it's like you have to hear the beat. So once you listen to it, I want you to give me the feedback of what you think. And I think you'll hear what I'm saying, like, the beat is just like an anthem. It it just captivates my soul. Like it, it just it lights that fire in me. I don't know what it is, but it, that song has got me right now. So, <laughs> you know what they said? All that uh, the sound brought down the walls of Jericho. So, <laughs> I'm I am going to listen to it, and I will message you and let you know what it did for me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think it'll be good vibes, you know? Yes. I think it'll be some great vibes. <laughs> well, Shamika, thank you again for your day. This has been fantastic. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed having the conversation with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. This was a great and dope conversation. I enjoyed you as well. Thank you, Chuck. You're welcome. Wow, that was amazing. What did you think? I mean, she's incredible as far as how she explains things. So remember, please share, like, and, you know, talk about this podcast in particular. All the podcasts, but this one in particular. And remember, you can listen to this podcast and any one of the podcasts from Amazing People, Amazing Things on your favorite podcast channel. So thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Until next time. Be good, be strong, and get your mindset on being the best you as possible. Thanks.